Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. Hi, Maddie. Hi. Oh, I love your big smile. Oh, thanks. I love your earrings. Thank you so much. I'm happy to start wherever you want in your application form. You didn't give me too, too much detail. So I figured you would just, <laughs> Sorry. no, it's okay. I figured you would just lay it out for me right here. So feel free to start wherever your heart pulls you. Okay. They probably have like the base layers, probably the same with both topics as it usually is, you know, but I, so I grew up, I am um Christian and I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and I have my relationship with Christ has been just as I've done this healing and this coaching and coming to like this base layer I thought I knew and had this clear relationship with Christ but it's kind of become it's like muddled and feels hard to grasp and I've realized like the bottom of it is that I didn't feel worthy like I wasn't like enough or worthy without him or that I was kind of nothing nothing without him is like the base where I've gotten to that belief that limiting belief of like being nothing is like not what I want and that's like the base of where my relationship with Christ came from and stems from is like okay, I'm nothing. So I guess I need him, you know? And so I'm wanting to strengthen that. I like, um, I know we, I, I don't know what you believe, but I believe there's like three separate, three separate beings, God, Jesus Christ, and like the Holy Spirit. I believe they're separate. And so I like have this clear relationship with God. And I feel like my spirit and like 
the Holy Spirit is clear, but with Christ, it just feels like it's not fully there. So that's like what I want to talk about with you, especially with how your beliefs and like what you share. So that's kind of the first thing. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. I feel like you painted a really clear picture for me so far. And again, super open, open book. I love it. So thank you for that. And I want to go a little bit deeper on the, I am nothing belief. Uh, I don't know where to start this line of questioning, but when it comes to, let's say on the human level, like when you create something, do you have kids or or pets or anything? I have four kids. Oh, okay. So there's, there's two ways we can go with this as a parent, obviously like your kids need you and they depend on you and you are their strength in so many ways and their caretaker and their provider and all of that. And yet they're not nothing. They're probably the most significant thing in your life. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm struggling to understand this, this belief of I am nothing because I need him. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more and kind of where that comes from? Yeah, I think. Hmm. I think growing up, I don't think it was like the intention of the church or like the belief system, but maybe some of the teachings from like human, humanness, people being human, is that you have to do these things to be, to be enough. You know, you have to like, I don't know, hit, I think that my, um, my ability to see myself and like know that I'm good and I'm okay came from like the outer doing and the outer um, accomplishment or this outer thing that was outside of me. And, you know, there's this list of things like read your scriptures, say your prayers, go to the temple, um, be kind, be Christ-like, be And I felt that if I did all of these things, it would all be taken care of. And now I know that that's not true and that, yes, those things are good and they can help you, but that's not like the base, like the base, the base is like being and like who I am. And like, I, when I was born, I was worthy and I like, and so I think it stems from that. And I think I put that like on maybe on Christ. I don't know. It still feels a little muddled where like he fits in or, you know, um, yeah, I don't know if that helps. That does. It makes complete sense. So I just want to reiterate and make sure I understood you correctly. So it sounds like you grew up and whether, you know, the church taught you this or people around you, somebody ended up teaching you that there's this works-based approach to God's love or to being worthy in the eyes of God. And you ended up conflating your worth with those works and that outside of those works, your worth is nothing, right? Is that kind of the summary? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's been like a theme in my life, you know, of, yeah, what I do is like who I am. What I do makes me worthy. What I, what I do, um, And all the outside things are what, you know, shows my, yeah, worthiness. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And we see that a lot in society. So you're definitely far from alone. I think most people struggle with this and come up against this at some point. 
Have you read the book of Job? I don't know if the, the LDS scriptures are a little different or that's in there. Okay. So, yeah, so we, yeah, we read all of the Bible and then we have the book of Mormon as well. So like new Testament, old Testament, um, Pearl of great price, the, all the works. Yes. I don't know if I could like recite it off the top of my head or remember, but yeah, I have in my life. <laughs> yeah, of course. And as you may or may not know, I, I think it's clear on my social media, I'm pretty new to the Christian faith. So I'm new to reading the scripture. So I like don't have them memorized or anything inside and out. <laughs> no worries there. Um, but in the book of Job, I think one of the most, there's a lot of potent illustrations there of like bringing all of our feelings to Christ and, and or to God and bringing all of our questions to God and all of this, right? Because there's such feelings of injustice there. But in addition to that, there's the central theme of deservedness of Job doesn't deserve the sorrow, the grief, the struggle that befalls him. Yet God gives him the struggle, right? Yet this is what he experiences. So I, I let me just get your thoughts on that first before we move forward. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it it's like this struggle game. I don't know if it's along these same lines as Joe, but it's like finding like that weird, that weird almost hit from struggle, that weird, like that feels good, that comfortableness in struggle and how that can like kind of become like addictive. And it does, it like has this like a habitual, like addictive pattern. And so when I think of like, I don't know, Job, not feeling worthy for struggle. I don't know that like, I don't know if that's where like he, or it could be like knowing what he would learn from it and knowing what he would go through to be able to receive, um, be on the other side of this. You know, he knew like that struggle needed to happen to like come to the other side and he didn't feel worthy of that. Um, I don't know, I see like both of those both of those things come to my mind. Interesting. You went in a really different direction than I expected. So that was really interesting for me. Um, I'll tell you kind of what I was thinking, but I want to talk about what you just said as well. So prior to the book of Job, I, I believe this is the third one in um, after Proverbs and I think it's Ecclesiastes, one like the, the books of wisdom, right? Where Solomon writes about like all about wisdom and righteousness in those things. And in those books, there's this belief, and in the culture, the Jewish culture at the time too, there's this strong belief that if you are righteous, if this workspace belief, here it comes, if you are righteous, if you do the right things, if you are sinless or as close to sinless as you can get, you will be rewarded. You will have prosperity, you will have happiness, you won't have struggle. And then Job confronts that belief head on and shows us he was righteous. He was as close to sinless as you could get. The only one who was sinless was Jesus. But you know, God tells us that he was an upright man who basically did everything right and all these things. And then he still struggles. So all his friends are telling him, you must have done something wrong. In the book of Job, all his friends are telling him, uh, you must have sinned against God or your kids must have sinned against God. And that's why they died. Like there's all this deservedness logic they bring to it of this must have happened to you because you were wrong. While the, I mean, we humans probably cannot 
totally fathom the logic behind some of the things that God does, but ultimately it's all for his glory. So it's not really about you or what you do and don't do. It's ultimately about him, right? We are his creation that he created to glorify him. Um, And on the flip side of that, like he loves us so much because we are his creation and we are the only part of his creation that is in his image and we are his children. And like, there's the way you love your children. He loves us even more. (laughs) So it's this immense love and through our receiving of his love and our, us, him moving through us as being changed and sanctified through his love. That's when our works change and that glorifies him. And it's all, it's, I mean, there's so many layers to this we can unpack, but that's kind of the the logic I was going down. But it's interesting, the line of thought you went down with struggle and deserving struggle. And also this kind of addictive experience of pain. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how that's been showing up in your life, both present day and in the past, or kind of what's your history with that? Yeah. I mean, I think I always, I lived in like victim, not always. I started living in victim mentality. I think like in high school when um, I own a dance studio and I'm a dancer and like dance was like my life. And I auditioned for the drill team at high in high school and I didn't make it. And it was devastating and things like things up to that point in my, like when I do inner child work and when I work through my, my thoughts, things up to that point were easy, breezy, just like beautiful. I was just like this, you know, and then when that point hit, it can, it like started this kind of this struggle pattern, this like, oh, I guess I'm not enough. I kind of didn't process it and really allow it to fully make sense and heal. But now that I like look back, obviously it was the right thing. And I'm, it led me to like meet my husband. It led me to my dance degree, my undergraduate degree. It led me to all of these beautiful things, but I also see the pattern of struggle that it, it, it continued. And I didn't end that or realize that until like this past year, right? I didn't realize I was in this victim mentality of woe is me like this struggle is my life and my identity until last year and understanding like holy crap like I am the creator I like am the creator of my life I'm like the co-creator of my life and struggle doesn't have to be like my my main way to live or how I identify myself so I was like addicted to struggle because it helped me stay comfortable and it helped me sit in a place of, you know, getting attention or getting validation that I was seeking. And now knowing that that's not truth and that I can validate myself, like things have changed and things have, you know, kind of come full circle for me. But yeah, that's kind of my history with struggle itself and like the addictive pattern of it. And I mean, it's all ancestral as well. You know, there's the ancestral part of it that I like also took on and that like ancestral and like it all kind of has been passed down. And I see that and I'm like healing those patterns and teaching my children new patterns. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I totally understand that connection to between 
struggle and attention validation like that's a pattern that I worked through and lived through um my mom really only gave me at least in my memory who knows how much that's skewed but in my memory uh, I only remember really my mom giving me affection when I was sick when I was in pain so I really connected those two I remember so many times faking injuries faking illness so that I would get that kind of maternal nurturing that I didn't get otherwise. So I totally get it. And it's totally valid. It was a way for you to get a need met, Mm -hmm. which was attention, nurturing, validation, whatever it may have been. Um, And it obviously doesn't really, you don't need it anymore because you have other people in your life and you have, you know, you're an adult, you can meet your own needs and you have God, you have an adult relationship with God, which is a whole different ball game as well. So there's so many, I want, I want to talk to you for like 12 hours. <laughs> I know like 30 minutes is enough. This is like a beautiful conversation. So, um, so I want to get back to kind of one of the original intentions you came in here with, because I want to make sure we cover it. And that's your relationship with Jesus specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to kind of make sense for me where if you have a hard time, or it sounds like at least you historically have a hard time. You may be coming out of that, but historically you've had a hard time accepting. I don't know if it's accepting love. You haven't quite said that per se, but there was this idea of having to earn. Okay. This idea of having to earn, having to work for love and acceptance and worthiness. And Jesus stands in stark opposition to that, to all of that, right? Jesus is the... I don't want to say the epitome of unconditional love because all of God is Um, God, the father, God, the Holy spirit. They all have that unconditional love aspect, but Jesus was God made flesh and walked in unconditional love and walked in grace. And all of the new Testament scriptures basically point to that. You don't earn Christ's love. You don't earn it. It's given to you through grace And all those things that you do coming back to those works of prayer and worship and going to church or temple, those are not ways biblically to earn God's love, right? The Bible tells us that those are ways to seek God Mm -hmm. and God loves us regardless of whether or not we seek him. But the more we seek him, the more we're in close relationship with him, the more we can feel his love. Um, the more we're in intimate conversation with him and we can hear from him, um, the more he can guide us and work in our lives. Cause the more we open that door, if there's this image, forgot which, which book of the Bible it's in, I think it's definitely in revelation, but I think it also might be somewhere else where Jesus is on the other side of a door knocking, but they won't let him in. Right. In this case, in revelation, it's in the case of a church, but this is the same in our lives. Like we have to let him in and all those things that you spoke on, those works are ways we let him in. We invite him in. He's not going to force his way in. So how does that sit with you right now? Yeah. I mean, I got teary thinking like seek versus um, earn and how those things did feel like it was this earning when really it was, and it was always this way. And I think it was taught this way just as a kid, like catching it. And making it into something, you know, that like, yeah, it doesn't have to be earned. It's already there. But these like pr- these practices, because um, now it's kind of even evolved more to like meditation and this whole spectrum of allowing him into my life. Um, 
Yeah, but that's a way to seek him versus earn, which is a beautiful like clarity. I just had like a little clarity, like bubble pop, you know, like when you have those. So that was beautiful. And um, I think understanding that that is like Christ is all of this goodness. And I think in my mind, there was some fear, like with all masculine, um, you know, with my dad, with money, with God, with the masculine relationships in my life there it was there is like a fear you know like I have the best dad I'm the best husband and like I do have a good relationship with God but I think it was met with fear you know versus like oh this is like love you know I don't like have to be scared I like don't have to fear this and so coming from a place of like all of these masculine relationships can be like love, you know, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, all of, I don't mean, I'm not, I don't want to apologize for emotions anymore. So I take that back. Good. I'm like sucking that sorry back in. <laughs> um, but like, all of, all of my masculine relationships can be like full love. And that's what they're trying to be. You know, I've put up this like learning that like there is that fear there has to be that like those walls up to protect myself when really all the masculine people in my life and relationships money my dad my husband god christ are really these like loving things that want to serve me and hold me and like you know like be there for me and it's like i haven't allowed that fully which it's funny because I always thought I had and it's funny that we're coming now to like my relationship with my dad and husband because I was um in St. George last week with them and had this realization of this fear and so now that I'm talking through it even more it's like a beautiful a beautiful thing my my dance studio is called full circle so it's a beautiful full circle so continue (laughs) oh I love it yeah that's beautiful And this is kind of a recent realization that God has given me and I'm kind of still figuring out exactly what it means theologically, but to me, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Trinity provide a full family for us where there's God, the father, right? That's a very clear father figure. So for me, for example, it's been extremely healing to pursue God, the father, and then he pursues me even harder than I pursue him. And he parents me in a way no human father ever could. Again, my, my dad like did his best and my dad was very loving, but he's a human flawed dad. And God, the father was able to fill those wounds for me because he loves perfectly and he parents perfectly. And Jesus to me is more of like, as the son, he's more of like our sibling, (laughs) but higher than us in a different sense. Um, I never had a sibling. So that relationship for me doesn't really hit an earthly chord. Um, And then the Holy Spirit has more of a maternal role, which that's the part that I'm still kind of trying to place. But the more I read about the Holy Spirit, the more the role that it's still he, at least in the Bible. It's, I think it's still kind of, it's more this ethereal thing, but. Yeah. I, I think it's like, a, it's like the feminine because all, all, all God is feminine and masculine. It's like the feminine part of like his. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I would still label God as he, but this is, yeah, this is like that feminine part of him. And that's been really healing for me to work with the mother wound. So I don't know if you have both or, okay, somewhere that's sad, but that's, that's a, a piece of the Trinity that I call upon to specifically help me with that aspect of my history. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that symbolism, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. I really love that. So I don't know if we're going to make it in 30 minutes, we might have to go over if you have the space, but I (laughs) want to see if there's something that you particularly want to touch on in the last several minutes. um, That's, that would be helpful for you as you leave the session. Yeah. Um, Coming back to specifically speaking of Christ, because I feel like we've talked about God, right? We've talked about um, the spirit now being like the mother. I like, I think we should totally talk about like Christ as the brother and like what that looks like. Because when I imagine, when I imagine him and when I'm like meditating and praying and thinking, it's like, God is like here. God is like this expansion. The spirit is kind of like lives within me. And then I like view Christ as like around me, surrounding me type of feeling. Like it's like this. Yeah. But he's like around me, protecting me type of like essence and feeling, Mm -hmm. which when I think of it that way, I feel very connected to him. But when I like go in this like outer part of me, that's outside of me, when we're like talking about him or I'm like learning about him from like people or people are talking about him, that's where like the disconnect comes, Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting because I think that inner part and that, that inner relationship is the most important, but then it does show me that there are still some like, you know, limiting beliefs behind my, that worthiness component um, that we did touch on that I do feel like I had some clarity with, but I can still feel a little bit of like, you know, that like pinch and pull. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder in your worship, your prayer, what, what does that interaction with Christ specifically look like? Yeah. Well, I am praying to God but it's like through Jesus Christ. Cause we like end our prayers in like the name of Jesus Christ. So it's through him that it's possible. And then it's through him that it's. Yeah. Even humanly possible for me as a human to like connect to such like a high being. And so I imagine, I don't know if I imagine anything with him because sometimes when I meditate, I do. But I think when I'm praying specifically, it's to God. And I don't know if I acknowledge fully that Christ is like a part of that, you know, which he definitely is. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So my main suggestion, because I'm always going to point you back to your relationship with God, with Christ, with Holy Spirit, with the Trinity, because that's where the authority lies. Like it's not in me. I can tell you kind of how I understand these things and walk in them myself. But the thing with Christ and going back to the works thing, and I mean, with God in general, is it's a relationship. God is a relationship. Christ is a relationship. Holy Spirit is a relationship. It's not an idea, a thought, uh, even a, like a system of religion or theology. It's a relationship. And really that truth 
and that love and that understanding, that wisdom starts with the relationship. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that relationship with the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of understanding who God is. So in this case for you, it sounds like the relationship with Christ specifically, maybe talk to him more, call out to him more, ask him to show you who he is. Cause I can tell you who I think he is, but that's my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a beautiful, because a relationship, when you think about a really like a human relationship, it takes effort and it's not just all of a sudden like, boom, like there and always there. Like it comes and goes and ebbs and flows. And I think taking the guilt and the shame away from that and like knowing that like this is like an ebbing and flowing relationship that's like okay where it's at. Like I I want to like give myself some grace to like where it is and like that it is there. And it's not all of a sudden like gone because I've I'm like opening things up and it's actually getting better than it was before even though it seems like it was better before but now it's like more open and becoming more real like a real human relationship you know so I love that yeah you build intimacy over time and I love that you talked about the ebb and flow yeah I mean our human relationships are a great way to kind of conceive of the idea of a relationship with God or Christ or Holy Spirit and at the same time they're so much more flawed (laughs) So the the way that God, Christ, Holy Spirit pursues you and respects you, respects your free will at the same time um, is unparalleled. So I'm just going to leave that there. And if you don't have anything else, I'd love for us to close in prayer and really kind of give God and give, let's say Christ in this case, the floor to do what he wants to in this space. Mm -hmm. I love that. Sounds good. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us together here. Thank you for bringing Maddie into the session and letting me witness her beautiful smile and her beautiful heart in you, Jesus. I pray that you continue to reveal yourself to her, continue to reveal the truth to her about who you are, about your relationship with her, about who you call her to be in you, about the grace you give, the love you give, the unconditional compassion you provide, Jesus. I pray that she experiences you in a new way, that she encounters you in a new way right now, today, or in your timing, Lord, in your timing, Jesus, let your will be done, not ours. I pray that she experiences you in a new and renewed way that you work in her heart. You show her how loved she is in you. You show her how worthy she is in you as your sister, as the creation of God, the father. I pray that you walk hand in hand with her on her path in her relationship with God. And I pray these things in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. My pleasure. Anything else that's pouring through you that you want to voice? Um, no, I just felt like the word adored came to mind. That like he like adores me, you know? That like there isn't like this punished struggle, like 
It's that he really thinks I'm doing a good job and loves me. That love is unconditional, you know? And the word adored, that just, like, felt very fuzzy and warm. That it's, like, he, like, thinks I'm killing it, you know? <laughs> like, of course, I don't know. I just felt, I felt really close to him in that. And it's, it was beautiful. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Praise God. And <laughs> I would love to hear how he continues to show up in your life and what he reveals to you going forward. Please don't be a stranger. Please share with me if, if anything. Yes, let's continue. Oh, thank you, Anastasia. That was just beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, my love. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope you took something powerful away from today's episode. If you haven't already, hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if this episode felt valuable to you, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that other children of God like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram at Anna and Powers and say hi, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you too. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.